Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, The Boss Ravioli Queens. We are Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. And we are healthcare workers who decided we are going to spill all the ravioli on the ins and outs of working in healthcare. This isn't your usual podcast. If you came here for health and beauty tips, you're going to be disappointed because we are going to get messy. Every other week, we will feature a different topic that dives into the not-so-talked-about taboo and just plain underbelly of health. Care. We will talk about what it's like being a caregiver outside of work and all the struggles that come with it. Just trying to be normal, everyday people. On that note, let's get messy. Warning, this podcast includes profane language, crude humor, mature subjects, and possible talk of bodily fluids. This may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 18. This episode is called Don't Pick the Weeds. Extra radio voice. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Thanks. So in this episode, we are going to be discussing um, that a lot of doctors at PCPs or primary care physicians push medications like, well, specifically prescription medications like there's no tomorrow and there's a lot of natural herbal remedies out there and sometimes they're better for you than all that pill pushing and honestly for like some patients or whatever sometimes the stuff that they think they have is all in their head mm-hmm. those hypochondriacs mm-hmm. they just want more and more meds thinking like there's every little thing wrong with them so then they end up going from something that could only have like maybe a couple meds to take care of to like 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And actually, that gives me something that I'm going to bring up later um, about myself and my psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, whichever one prescribes the meds. Um, She's <clears throat> crazy. Dude, we already know. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all not listen to my personal episode? <laughs> Um, it's like, yeah, what's new? Exactly. <laughs> Again, my head is a party that I don't want to be at. So <laughs> just to reiterate that. Um, no, but I'll just touch on that a little later. Um, doctors not listening about meds and whatever, like pushing everything on you, not listening to you. Because, you know, they know your body Push better it. than you because they live in it every day. <laughs> my favorite is when they take like a drug that's like well known to be very high risk and they're like there's minimal risk like mm-hmm. what are you talking about no mm-hmm. <laughs> and i feel like maybe actually that's something that we should talk about is the fact that as you get on in your caregiving career you're going to learn more and more about medications and what they do and what they're used for and um that's not knowledge that the average person has especially if you're new to caregiving that's something that you learn along the way Mm -hmm. and so sometimes doctors or pcps are really like they're i'd say not flabbergasted but they're definitely taken aback sometimes when you're like you know advocating for your person and you're like um actually no (laughs) and they're like say what like how do you know that (laughs) like i bet her on (laughs) literally i could do your job i just don't want to do the schooling yeah honestly most nurses or whatever can do the doctor's job for real though they can we talked about that in a previous episode yeah we did yeah about the nurses basically going to the doctor and be like oh you could probably prescribe this and it'll be great or whatever and they usually like just go talk to the doctor they have the the ability to put in the orders Mm -hmm. yeah they just have to get the doctor to sign off on it yeah yep 
Yeah, they literally do all of the work or whatever, and the doctor has to sign off on it. So, how much would you say medication um, administration is, like, how much do you think that takes How up? much percentage of the like, job? Yeah. Well, it depends on if you're working a double or not, because if it's a double, you're generally passing medication four times a day, if yep. not more. Mm-hmm. So, the standard times <clears throat> are usually 8, 12, I think 4, it's and usually, 4, and I 8. I think it's usually 4 to, like, 6 times. Yep. And then, depending on, like, whether a resident needs PRNs, too. But that's right. not that's not every day. So if we're talking every day, I guess I'd go like twenty five percent of the job is passing yeah. meds. Mm-hmm. And depending on how many residents you have and how complicated the med pass is, it can take you anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. And but sometimes some, even more than an hour. Right. Yeah, especially if you have um, like treatments, mex- medications, yep. and treatments, and yeah. wound care. Yeah. Well, wound care is technically considered a tre- to be a treatment, treatment, I do believe. Right, but it takes time, and you have to. Clean the wood, change the bandage, sometimes... Can't forget the most important part. You have to spend a full 60 seconds washing your hands, making sure you get under your nails, in the cracks and crevices of your hands. Or if they have multiple eye drops and you have to wait five minutes between each one. (laughs) Oh, those are (sighs) such a I know, I hate that. And you have to stand in there sometimes and like... And they're, like, talking to you, and you're like, can we just, like, sit in silence or for the five ear- minutes? Smile and nod. <laughs> smile and nod. Or the eardrops, where you have to wait two minutes in between each yeah. ear. And they don't want to hold their head And, yeah, still, they and don't like, want to tilt their head. <laughs> okay, literally, though, I hate it when a resident thinks that they're tipping their head back for eye drops, and they're mm. really, like, barely moving it. And I'm like, what do you want me to do they're with this? Or my favorite. Or my favorite when they're like, oh, I got your eye drops or whatever and then they close their eyes oh the squinty eyes they yeah. do it every time yeah i, I swear always to have God. to make that little like inner eye pocket thing or whatever to even try to get yeah. them in there oh i just i pull them all the way down i'm like i'm sorry see For i go right resident? here because sometimes they'll like squint them shut really yeah. hard and if i go from like the corner they can't close like it. your tear duct yeah yeah, yeah. your um lacrimal gland yep mm-hmm. yeah I took med term and anat and fizz, you know. <laughs> I know some Ooh, terms. Smarty pants. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that shit, okay? I took it I took it too. Same. What? In high school yeah, or I did it in high school. Yeah, I did mine in, in um the tech college that I went to for phlebotomy. Mm. Anyways, we were going so oh yeah, I was gonna say about the eye drop thing. I I had a resident, actually a couple residents who I actually had to pull their top lid back. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh. Not like flip it inside out, but like just hold it open so they would stop squinting their fucking eyes. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I don't like it. I didn't like it either, but I couldn't get the fucking eye drop in. <laughs> so anyway, that's medication passels. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing about medication passes, though, is that you do have a nice window. You always have a two-hour window because you have an hour before the med pass time and you have an hour before. After. I mean, after. Thank you. <laughs> an hour before and an hour before. Yeah, don't listen to me. Who's correcting this time? Mm-hmm. Me. Mm. I thought I was the only one that did that. So sometimes it's nice if no, you have I do a it. medication. I'm just when I do it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Anyways, Amy, I'm so, so you sorry. have to be uh, sassy to be a caregiver. <laughs> Requirement. That's one of the qualifications. Requirement. <laughs> but um, anyway, so it's kind of nice when you have a medication that says like noon, and then you have another one that's at two. You can get both those medications at, at one, one o'clock, yeah. as yes. long as they don't contradict. Not the same. E- yeah, and they don't contradict each other. Right. 
Because then you're double dosing that person. Um, but as long as they're not like contradicting each other and as long as you're not double dosing that person. Yeah, there's you're a good. few there's a few medications that you're are gooch. like like every Gucci. two hours kind of thing or whatever that you can't really double dose on. <laughs> I meant to say Gucci. Did you say Coochie? No, she <laughs> said Gooch. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, we can edit that later. It's fine. No, I'm gonna leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to. I knew. You're so mean. <laughs> How's it feel, Amy? <laughs> hey, I'm not mean to you. She is. <laughs> I understand, but I get to laugh now. <laughs> I'm on the other side of this now. <laughs> any hoos. Any hustles. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> Fuck you both. So, we're going to continue with the big pharma conversation because we um we got into like medication passing, but we never really finished that topic, I don't think. Well, the whole, <clears throat> whole topic is the episode. Well, big pharma, though, like is a uh, like what billion trillion dollar industry and millions of Americans are on a bunch of shit that they don't need because it's literally your doctor puts you on this med and then he has to put you on another med because you're having a because bad reaction to the effect. first one or whatever. But then instead like, of taking you off that one medication, we're just going to add this one. Literally yeah. the list of like side effects for one medication is like so much longer than like actually what it helps. For real. Uh-huh. Like, for I love how it, they, they're just like, oh, this will help you with this. But it'll be like nausea, diarrhea, vom- <laughs> like extreme vomiting, like blood, possible blood in your stool. If any of your arteries shuts down, you may be able to do a lawsuit. <laughs> like, if your heart stops, please don't sue us. <laughs> if you're dead, call this number. <laughs> Your family may be able to get a, a settlement. What is that one? Mesothelioma. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's not a medication, but that's like know, instantly like, what came to my eyes. Right. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so Big Pharma, though, like, they, insurance, Big Pharma, and the doctor are all very much so intertwined. Oh, American insurance, it's out to get us. For real. I mean, that's For how they make real. a lot of money is on medications and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that a lot of the medications that we have here in the U.S. are made internationally. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they, a lot of the times they're less than a dollar to make. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then they charge out the ass for it here. Some, like, it's some so medications bad. literally thousands of dollars. Well, let's talk about the price of insulin. Like, wasn't, wasn't it one dose was like... I'm sorry, but I feel like insulin should be free. I also feel like that. So my husband is a type 1 diabetic and... And with insurance, his pens are 50 bucks a piece. And there's four pens in each box, isn't there? Yep, it's four pens in each box. So that's $100. Wait, 25 or 50? No, 50 every time he gets... So it's $100 technically because you need both, right? No, he gets four pens. Four pens, so that's two hundred dollars per box. Four pens, it's it's fifty bucks a pen. That's with insurance. Mm-hmm. Uninsured, I think. I think it's a so singular expensive. pen is like three fifty. I want to say. Yeah, and I feel like that's like really unfair because basically without insulin or whatever, you're you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Well, and type one is like. You can't, you can't do anything about that. You need insulin or you right. will die. Right. Like your insulin literally regulates everything. Right. That's why type one um, diabetics are on insulin is because their insulin in their body doesn't fucking work. Right. So with, I guess we can, I guess I'm going to go off on a little, slight little diabetes tangent here. Okay. So there's, <laughs> there's three types of diabetes. There's type one, there's type <laughs> one and a half, and there's 
is type two. Which type is like, which is the, I think they usually just call it borderline, don't they? Type is two. For no type, like one and a half. No. So type one, your pancreas makes absolutely zero insulin. Um, it's that one I know about. I insulin. Know about one two, but I'm curious about one and a half. I'll explain that. So insulin, um, if you don't know, it's the thing that you need to break down sugar. There's sugar in literally everything, so you can't be like, oh, just don't eat sugar, because that's literally it's, impossible. That, I mean, I guess it's possible, I mean, if you, all you do is drink water. Or go vegan. <laughs> I just, no. No, there's sugar in <laughs> there's nat- yes. Yeah, there's natural, there's natural sugars sugar. in literally yes. everything. Why is this water? <laughs> <laughs> it's water! <laughs> So but it still has a substance to it. Like, so when like you're when you're a type, <laughs> continue. I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm supposed to continue after by saying exactly what you were saying. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> with type one diabetes. Your pancreas is basically a dud. It does absolutely nothing. It, it wouldn't affect you if you got it removed. So that's why type 1 diabetics are insulin dependent. So it doesn't matter what you eat. It can literally be like a salad. You're still going to need to take insulin. And then type 1 and a half is your body makes some of the insulin that you need. Not very much, but some. And oh, then okay. type it's, 2. I think that makes sense. Your pancreas makes about half of the insulin that you need and typically can be controlled with diet and exercise and medication management but that's like that's like a lot of a lot of like being aware of what you're eating like you have to have like a set schedule Mm -hmm. yep something that meal planning would be like a necessity for yeah. Right. So it's possible that you could use insulin on type 2, but as long as it's controlled while well, you're probably not going to. Mm. Um, but type 1... But you like metformin sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Metformin is Jardians, a popular one. There's like so many. But Jardians, from what I understand, you either love it or you hate it, and it has really, really awful side effects if it affects you poorly. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I'm trying to think. What else is a <laughs> quick diabetes lesson? Uh, fast ass Acting and short acting insulin. Sliding scale. Probably should explain that one. Mm -hmm. So fast acting is literally just you take your insulin right before you're about to eat. You only have a certain amount of time. Depending on which brand it can be, it can be a smaller amount of time or a longer amount. can't remember all the brands. There's so many. Yep. Novolog is, I think, the most popular short acting. Um, I just... The most popular ones are Novolog and like Lantus. Yeah, yep. and now Ozempic too. Oh yeah, and Ozempic. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Ozempic. <laughs> Auto parts. <laughs> I'm sorry. When you sing the O'Reilly's song, I'm gonna say Auto Parts at the end. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so. <laughs> Long-acting insulin. Is Lantus? Most popular is Humalog. Or, yeah, or Lantus. Oh, Humalog. Yeah, How did I forget Humalog? I don't know why. So, fast-acting, you only need to take it primarily once a day. 
uh, sometimes twice a day, but it's usually going to be once. Honestly, it depends on how severe because, like, <clears throat> sometimes the a lot of people with the short acting, like, take it after every meal. I was just going to say... Like, before or after every meal. You're kind of forgetting, like, a real big part because the fast ant- acting, you have to take your blood sugar beforehand uh-huh. because if you're on a sliding scale, d- which is what Novolog is, usually... Right. Um, if your blood sugar is below 150, you can't have it. Mm-hmm. Right. It does, it does depend on how severe your diabetes is. Mm-hmm. Like, if, obviously, if your diet control is not very good or whatever, you're probably going to pick your short acting more often, and then before you go to bed, you're eating, you make sure before you go to bed, you're eating nothing, and then you're taking your long acting. It yeah. also depends, too, on what's your baseline. So, baseline, obviously, is just what is normal for that person. So, someone with very poorly controlled diabetes, probably going to be type 2, they're going to usually run higher for blood sugar, and they're probably going to end up needing to take more insulin, but that's going to be normal for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Usually for most people, if it starts climbing probably over like 400 is the, starting to get dangerous. So, um, varies for every facility, but most of the time the standard numbers for when to call 911 is when your blood sugar is below 75 or over 250, I think. Yeah, depending that's on... That's typically the standard mm-hmm. is what we're taught. It it varies, but that's... But, it's, but that's the thing. Like, what we're taught is definitely just not it because everything in healthcare is never one size fits well, all. Well, that's true in healthcare. The only thing that stays um, permanent with healthcare is that it's always changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally. Always. So that was a little <clears throat> very quick lesson on um, diabetes. Um, but yeah, I would say that's one of the biggest... Um, medications that people have issues with in the U.S. at least with insurance is insulin and like you can either not afford your insulin and end up in the hospital where you're gonna have a giant bill or you can pay for your insulin and still pay a ridiculous amount of money like either way you can't win over something that you literally cannot Help. Well, that and I remember when they skyrocketed the price of EpiPens, too. Mm. Mm. Like, that's still a thing, I'm pretty They're sure. They're like $600. Something like that for one dose, though. Like, one EpiPen. Yep. That's crazy. Yep, one dose. And the thing with EpiPens is that you still have to go to the hospital afterwards. Yeah, because it's going to, like, make your heart race because there's, like, mm-hmm. um, there's, I can't think of the word. Adrenaline? Yes. Yep, there's adrenaline in an EpiPen, or, well, it's epinephrine, and then... So you still have to go to the hospital so they can administer the medications mm-hmm. to bring you down. Yep. yep, get you back to your baseline. Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, moving on from all this insulin talk or whatever, we can talk a little bit more about um, more natural medications that most doctors do not, do not usually prescribe. They usually go for the prescriptions that are manufactured and such. So... Um, like, I mean, a big one right now in the world, which is basically weed. <laughs> Cannabis. Where we live. Cannabis. Weed isn't the legal. Marijuans. <laughs> Where we live, weed is not legal. And I wish it was because you know what? I would like to sleep at night instead of being in my head and up with insomnia and depression and all the wonderful things that you guys already know that I have. I mean, we don't smoke weed. I used to. Mm-mm. No, we don't. I said used to. I'm 31. Yeah, when we lived where it was legal. They can't do anything now. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody catching us in the act. (laughs) 
I truly feel like... Want to hit? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Literally handing her nothing. <laughs> Literally, like... Empty hand. <laughs> like, Jasmine legit just, like, shoved her hand in my face and was like, want to hit? <laughs> Smell it! Of what? Your salty hand? <laughs> No, I I truly feel like with how money hungry Big Pharma is, they're going to find a way to like put cannabis in pill form and like get it on the market and get doctors prescribing it for all kinds of shit. Well, I mean, honestly, it'd be it it'd be smarter anyway or whatever. It's another I mean, it's I, another thing to just legalize and then like people would pay for. So I agree with that, but it's literally a plant. It's free out of the ground. <laughs> I know. Literally. I feel like they just try to illegalize it for control. Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to. Well, let's just talk grow about that, though. At like, home. <laughs> like, yo, the prison system, though, that's how, that's how a lot of people, like, go to jail because they get caught with a bunch of weed on right. them. You know? Right. I mean, obviously, there's plenty of reasons to go to jail, but the drug market is a big one. Honestly, and I feel like most cops, actually, when they catch people with weed, they really don't care. As long as they're not, like, you know, already, like, super under the influence of it or... Right. But, like, it, if it's illegal in your state or whatever, like, it's still their job to, like, confiscate it and arrest you, so... Mm-hmm. Well, and that must be difficult, especially, like, when they have to put their personal beliefs aside, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't care I about hon- this. I honestly could never do it. I but, like... I don't envy law enforcement. I think it'd be very, very, very hard. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, I feel like some cops or whatever, like, they don't really have a conscience, but I feel like other ones do, and then they still have to, like... They have to put their own morals aside to do their job, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And I actually, um, when I was on a travel contract for somewhere, there was a guy that actually did, um, travel agency, um, nursing assistant, and he said he actually started doing it, at, and he was in law enforcement before, and he said he stopped doing law enforcement because he would he would have to be with his partner and pull over somebody or, like, do certain things. And he's like, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's certain people who, like, did do something wrong and they did deserve it. But, like, simple things, he, he couldn't do it because he's like, I'm basically pulling this person over, giving them a ticket, and probably ruining their life right now because, obviously... It's probably something they can't afford right now. It's just something they just didn't need right now. And it's something that could have probably just been left alone. I'd make the most awful cop because I'd literally let everyone go. (laughs) I'd be like, you know what? What you did is not that big of a deal. Have a nice day. Right, right, right. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. I feel like weed is becoming so, like, commonly used, or at least it was always very commonly used, and now, like, people are finally, like, bringing that to light, I guess. Like, people have always been Like, it's making it. a comeback. Right. It's, yeah. But at least talking about it is making a comeback. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting closer or whatever. I mean, they did do the, you know, like, the synthetic kind of, like, CBD products and stuff now. Yeah. But... That's true. Um, and I think there, I do believe there's like a certain percentage of Delta marijuana. Eight. It's the Delta A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's point three milligrams. Yeah, it's, it's not a lot, serving. but like it's just, 
That's like the legal threshold. It's right. something. But with CBD, you have to be careful because that stuff's not regulated. Right, right, right. But, well, and CBD is like, I don't know. You have to be really careful with it because I feel like a lot of people like sell snake oil mm-hmm. for CBD. Mm-hmm. Like it, they'll have so, like, it'll be so little like percentage of the actual product and then the rest of it's just like whatever they feel like throwing in there mm-hmm. honestly i feel like it just needs to be legalized because like um in reality when it comes down to it it's the people who are using it it's like either either gonna be responsible with it or they're not gonna be responsible with it right it's one or the other <laughs> it's the same with like alcohol and stuff like that it's there there's either responsible people who drink or whatever and have a plan at, in hand to how they're gonna get home after they're intoxicated or whatever it's just it's people's personalities. So, mm-hmm. like, well, whether right. it's legal or not isn't really going to make a difference. Exactly. And it's so, like, there's so many different strains mm-hmm. to help with so many different things. Mm-hmm. Like, chronic pain, anxiety, insomnia. And sometimes the other end of the spectrum, too. Like, it can help with uh, fatigue and um, hypersomnia. Like, sleeping too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Plus, and, would, would you rather have it... Um, be able to be regulated and know actually what you're getting or would you rather try to like get it illegally and have it laced with something right Right. exactly like because especially with like the fentanyl epidemic thing that's going on like a lot of people are lacing a lot of shit with fentanyl Mm -hmm. right so they lace a lot of different drugs and medications yep um i don't know i just i feel like at this point, it should just be legal everywhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it should be left up to the states at all. Right. Because there are certain states that have a more leaning, um, like a... Lenient? No. That's um you're looking for? No, the political, like, right-wing, left-wing thing. Like, most people on the right are not for it. Most people on the left are. Oh, okay. But also, like, the older generation. Yeah. Um, depending on if they actually smoked it when they were younger or not. 70s. Yeah. Well, the weird thing thing about that is, like, it was literally used, like, in war along with opium. Like, they would give it to the soldiers. Right. Like, my grandma, my grandma grew up on a marijuana farm. Like, her grandparents, she was, like, primarily raised, like, with, kind of with her parents and then alongside her grandparents as well. And, like, she would help her grandparents on the farm all the time with, like, the marijuana crops. And they were literally, like, contracted with the like government or whatever and they had to like send their crops like for the war that's crazy and now it's just interesting how those very same people well probably a lot of them are probably dead (laughs) But, (laughs) but um the ones that that like era or whatever have like totally changed their minds and it's like Mm -hmm. what happened well honestly if you look at the other states that have it legalized it brings in a lot of revenue like because of the tax that's put on it right so we're in this big recession and people are gonna buy it because i mean if it's legalized or whatever then it's easy to way easier to obtain Right. right. Well, and how many people would rather, you know, smoke um, whatever, blunt or bowl or have an edible or whatever, versus taking something really, really strong like right. fentanyl or, I don't know, whatever else there is. I can't think of anything at the moment, but... Oxy, Oxy, Hydro, Percocet, Xanax. Yeah. Like, there's a whole slew of different like 
pills that people mm-hmm. pills are like substances I guess that people put in their bodies and I feel like if weed was legal they probably wouldn't go to that extreme well and I feel like too you know they fall into these same patterns because like their doctors these people that are supposed to be helping them are actually enabling them literally and then they're like oh you should get help you should go to rehab you should do this but then they come back and they keep going through that same cycle over and over and over again I swear, like, between some doctors, not all, but some, between them and Big Pharma, like, they just want us to be, like... I think at this point, they're not... Jumped out. (laughs) I feel like this point, sometimes it's not even ours, like, the doctors. It's um, people come in, like, wanting a quick fix to all of their issues or whatever that they may Mm -hmm. be having. And I feel like the doctor at that point or whatever just gives them whatever to, like, send them on their way and make them feel like everything's fine now. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like this would be a good time to explain. I feel like um, they're just not going in depth anymore to actually get to the root of the problem and being like, and being putting their foot down a little bit and being like, you don't need this. Like, this is what needs to happen. This is what you need to do in your life and stuff to like maintain and like get better or like to fix this problem. Like I can prescribe you like this medication and this one only is going to help with like, you know, instead. But like, I feel like this point they're just throwing a lot of medications at you thinking like oh hopefully they just won't come back and like want more and more and more right. you know i feel like that would be this is a good time to explain um how some doctors are like really really quick to put people on hospice mm-hmm. mm, specifically mm-hmm. for the fact that then that person can have morphine mm-hmm. over and over yep, right, and over right. again. Mind you, it's very low-dose morphine, but it's still, if your body's not used to having morphine, it's still going to react the same way regardless. Right. So Plus, even if it's low-dose or whatever, like, the closer they get to being worse and worse or whatever, <clears> they, they go from, like, getting it every, what, like, six hours to, like, then every four hours, then to every, like, two hours. Yeah. And yep. then they get it, like, cycled with between morphine and the Razapam like every hour. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So, um, I guess we should explain all of the things that we just said. <laughs> so, first off, hospice, comfort care, end of life care, all the same thing. It's basically just um, keeping you comfy until you die. Correct. And the <laughs> thing with <laughs> Jasmine croaked. <laughs> <laughs> The thing with hospice is that there are some providers that are very, very quick to put their patients on hospice, even if they're not, like, actively dying. And the thing with hospice is that you have to be um, diagnosed with a terminal illness that the doctors, like, are pretty damn positive that you're going to be gone within six months or less. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that this is pretty relevant because, like, there there are quite a few doctors and, you know, residents that I have had where the person is just, like... Oh, I I just want more and more and more and more and more. I want more morphine, more morphine. And then the doctor's like, well, if I put you on hospice, you can have all the morphine you want. Is he doing it to you too? (laughs) (laughs) So Yasmin likes to make us laugh. Um, And while I am better at holding it in than Boss Lady Amy, I still laughed. Well, I didn't know make what was going laugh, on. Make it was the feet. Oh. <laughs> so the 
thing with hospice is that you are typically going to get um, taken off all your medications and you're going to be prescribed usually three things. Morphine for pain, lorazepam for... For anxiousness, anxiety. Anxiety, usually caused by the morphine. Usually helps with some some pain too and then the helper doll for like... Helperdol for like the nausea and stuff that yep. usually comes with Hel-a-per-dol having like, the for- and the <laughs> It's for nausea and sometimes behavior. I say it that way because that's how it. Because no, I say it that way sometimes because. <laughs> because I'll it, have a help and a helper because it helps with nausea. Helperdol. <laughs> I'm dead. I can't. I can't. It's your little green buddy. <laughs> Dude, every time you lean that way, I think you're going to fall off, and then I remember you're sitting on a bench. <laughs> oh, okay. shit. Okay. Back on topic. Help her doll. <laughs> okay, so the very, very sad part about hospice is obviously, yes, the person dies, but I think it's important to talk about what is actually happening and how the person ends up actually dying. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they have their terminal illness or whatever, but the thing is, is when you're on that much morphine, eventually what happens is you just keep getting more and more and more and more and more morphine. Until the point where that's really all you have in your system and you either overdose on morphine or you keep taking more and more and more morphine without eating and then you end up starving to death. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is very sad, but it's how it happens. Well, it's most of the people or whatever that are in hospice and they're at that stage, you can't even get them to eat. No. A lot of the times they're going to take their last bite like three or four days before they pass away. And those last couple days they spend completely bed bound. Yep. Mm, yeah. I've, we've tried before or whatever. Even like once there's the point where like you can't even get keep food in them. You're like, mm, they're going to go and eat it now. Yeah. Yep. Once they start like also, not responding at all. I feel like we should talk about how some residents um, kind of do like the old switcheroo on you for like a day. Like they get a lot better for a day, oh, they get and super then they just chipper for a little bit. Yes, yes. and then all of a sudden, dead. No. So like, and that's really sad because a lot of the times the family members will be like, "They're getting better," and we and we all know that it's just like it's kind of like their last little spring of energy, it's like the last hurrah, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, like what happens a couple days before they die is like they'll seemingly like turn it around, so to speak, and you know sometimes they'll even eat even if they haven't eaten in a couple days, and they might even be getting up and walking even if they've been in bed for the last week, and it's basically all of their organs are shutting down and they're basically using that last little bit of energy that they have in their body and that's the body's sign of like it's starting its end of life Mm -hmm. like stage like they're trying to say goodbye before Mm -hmm. right they actually trying to like almost like they're trying to get their family to remember what they used to be like before they go yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's basically just the body's way of, like, getting rid of all that energy. Because, like, once you're dead, you're not going to need it, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's crude, but it's true. 
But, um, and that's, that can be really, really sad. Like I've seen, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen family members where, you know, they, they seriously think like mom's getting better. Dad's getting better. Like, no, Mm -mm. you know, Mm -mm. it's so hard when families (laughs) think that or whatever. And you kind of like have to explain to them and be like, like, I'm really no. sorry, but I know. Actually, this is normal. <laughs> this is and the like, end of life. It might be nice for like maybe a day, maybe, maybe two. I don't know, but um, <laughs> not gonna They're last. Not I'm better. sorry. No, this is the end of life. Spring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, which is like fucking nuts to me. I still don't understand how that works. I don't know. Our bodies are amazing. They, well, for the most part, do what they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have an autoimmune disorder <laughs> or other things. <laughs> right. Your body still does what it needs to do, just not in its full capacity. Okay. Anybody have True. some closing thoughts on medications? Um, I think my closing thoughts <clears throat> are there are lots of options out there besides prescription men- um, medications. Try some natural homebound remedies. If you have like a, a supplement natural store, stuff. they're usually like a natural supplement place um, near you. Usually the people that work at those are pretty knowledgeable about what they're mm-hmm. going to... Like, for uh, blah, blah, blah. for example, I went into our local one and told them that I had really bad anxiety, really bad insomnia, such and such, so forth. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you need GABA or GABA, GABA, I think. Um, BioCoQ10, vitamin D, vitamin E, so, and like yeah. fish oil or something like that. And like honestly, certain, like, I was feeling cer- better. Certain like vitamins and minerals that like your body usually does need that doesn't always get sometimes will make you feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, there's, if you don't want to get high, <laughs> like there's plenty of other options for you as well that are also natural. Right. It's just important to do your research and don't put things in your body that you haven't researched. Yo. Okay. Well, I think we're finished for this episode. Bye. 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 This has been the Boss Ravioli Queens podcast with your hosts, Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. Thank you so much for spilling your ravioli with us. Don't worry, we'll serve you more next time. Until next time, go wash your ass.